Well, I just want to welcome you all to our, our baptism service. And uh, if you've never been to a meeting like this, I'd like to uh, make you very welcome. Um, you may not have even been to a baptism before. You may have been to a sprinkle on someone's head or something of that sort. But this is slightly different here. We actually go all the way in the water. And I think that has great, great significance and it's very important. Um, many people don't really understand um, what baptism's about, but baptism, in a nutshell, communicates the Christian experience. And I think it's a great way of actually practically showing us what actually happens when a person becomes born again and gives their life to Jesus Christ. Baptism is about a death and a resurrection. It's about a new life. It's about a person as they pass through their waters and they come up out of them waters they come up in newness of life it, it says by the very working of God by the power of God we're raised to newness of life the Bible speaks and it speaks of, of, of all the old things being passed away and, and all new things that, that they come and they become a part of our very lives the very fabric of our lives as a Christian and I think it's a wonderful wonderful day because um, you know it's almost like a, in some ways it's like a second birthday and, and it shows that that person's ready to be a, a public witness for Christ. The people that are going through this baptism, is, it's showing the world that they mean business with God and they really believe that Jesus is who he says he really is. So I think it's an extremely important thing. Um, I just want to read you a scripture just for a moment. And it's in Matthew 28. I'm going to read... Um, from verse 18 and it says and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo I'm with you always to the end of the age Amen. So here you see, it's not something that's just been conjured up by a few people. It's not just been conjured up by the church. It's because Jesus said it. And this is the foundations of what we, what we believe and also what we do. It's because Jesus said it. And because Jesus says it, and we believe in Jesus, we go through with it. And there's life for those who believe in him, the Bible says. So this is a continuation. Today is a continuation on what Jesus actually commissioned all them years ago. I think the earliest believers were baptized. They were in the water. They came into the water and came out of the water. It shows that that that, that there is a new beginning. That all the old things that may have separated us from God have actually now been removed from us, and we can have a relationship with Him. It shows that our faith is something that we take very seriously. And there's a promise here. This is a wonderful promise. It says here, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. There's a wonderful promise for those who place their faith in Christ, that Jesus promises to be with us always to the end of the age. There's not many people around you who can give that kind of promise, is there? 
There's lots of people come and go in your life. There may be lots of different people with fresh friendships, relationships, people around you that give you all sorts of promises that claim to be this, that, and the other in your life. And suddenly they come and go like the seasons do in the earth. But Jesus gives a wonderful promise for those who put their faith and trust in him. He says, I'll be with you to the end of the age. That's a wonderful truth to know that he's always going to be with you. It's a wonderful truth. We must never underestimate that. To know he's with you by his presence and his spirit. I've experienced it. I know he's with me. And these guys know that Jesus is with them too. I'm just going to call um, Michelle up just to give a testimony. Um, I'll let her do all the talking from now on. <laughs> and then we're going to have Roy in just a moment. Bless the Lord. Morning, guys. So, most testimonies normally start with a, you know, a sob story about the beginning of my life, how it was, you know, but I had a fantastic upbringing and my troubles really started when I was about 15 and I kind of lost my way. Um, life got tough, but because of my own battles with my own mind. And I was constantly seeking for something to fulfill me and to fill that void that was in my stomach, the thing that I called depression. It was something that made me feel empty and lost and I was forever searching. And I did the normal tricks, you know, trying to turn to spirituality, crystal worship and never really finding my way. And then a friend of mine that was, when I was a young friend, when I was young, it was a friend that I went to school with and she, um, her name was Ava and we lost contact for about 15 years. She came back into my life and I started going to church with her mum and that was at SCF in Southend and things were, you know, a little bit better and I found, felt like I'd found Jesus and I was on the right path but really I didn't really know him. I had no relationship. I was having no relationship with God and then things started to change. My depression was up and down and I wasn't really coping very well. And then about six weeks ago, have I been six weeks here? It's about six weeks here. One one week a friend of mine was in contact with Dan and Dan obviously being here we said come on let's go along and see how we feel and then she blew me out on the Saturday night and I thought okay well you know we'll see what happens and then I had a bit of a what I call a meltdown on the Saturday evening and I stood in my kitchen and I literally screamed to Jesus Jesus, help me. Lord, I need you. I need you. Please help me. And I literally sat in the middle of my kitchen and I sobbed and cried for about an hour. Jesus, help me. And I think that was the first time that I'd really opened my eyes. I opened my heart to him and said, look, you, I really need your help. And then the next morning I woke up and I thought, I had this pressing feeling like you need to go to that church. You need to go to Noak Bridge. And then here I am and my journey with God has changed immensely. I've made some wonderful friends. I've got Dan leading me, the support of Adana and Luke, and it's been an amazing journey, and I think this is the start of a brand new life for me, and the void has now been filled, you know? It's, there's only one, the one thing that can fill me, and it was just God. And hallelujah. And I think the children will back me up in saying that I have changed. I am a new person and, 
and I'm going to cry if I keep talking, so let's get dunked. <laughs> yes, the Lord. So just wait there just for a moment and we get Roy. Are you all right now to come? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, basically, I sat there last week for a few hours trying to think of what I was going to say to everyone. Um, I'm not a very good public speaker. I get quite nervous, which I am now. My heart's going, <laughs> going crazy. But yeah, I sat there writing things down that I wanted to share with people. And before I'd even got to the part about God, I'd gone on for pages and pages, and it was just going nowhere. So I'm just going to wing it, really. Um, yeah, I, I suppose... I started recognising that I had depressive thoughts and, and bits like that when I was about 11 years old, so it's been about 17 years. Um, I sort of got to the point of where I started recognising that there is a lot of evil and deception in the world, especially the Western world. And I think that sort of... I, I spent a lot of time researching it, and I mean, I'm not just a crank that sat there watching conspiracy videos and believing absolutely everything I saw. You know, I researched things that took my interest. And it made me see how much evil and deception actually is in the world, which sort of opened my eyes to, is there a God and Satan? Is it so far-fetched to believe that? And then, perfect timing of God. <laughs> my friend Dan calls me. I hadn't spoke to him for about two years, really. Was, our relationship wasn't that great. We hadn't spoke for a while. And um, he asked how the depression was going. And I sort of said to him, this is just me, you know, I've, I've come to terms with it, this is just me, this is how I live my life. Sort of just gave into it, really. And um, he said, well, I'm, I'm going to keep praying for you and, and, and you know, trying to, trying to speak to God about it, you know. And, you know, I just thought, you're a crank, mate. Like, what are you going on about? But, um, yeah, so anyway, we, we arranged to meet up a few weeks later. Um, we went for dinner. And we'd, we went back to my place and we sat there and talked about God and, and you know, religion in general. And I was quite open-hearted with it. And I think I got to the point in my life where I didn't want to live my life like this. You know, I've had everything that I could ever imagine, like ever wish for. You know, I had a good upbringing. I've got a lovely little family now. I've got everything materialistically in front of me that I needed to have a good life. And as much as it frustrated me, I just couldn't. And... You know, we talked about, me and Dan talked about God, and, you know, I felt in a really accepting place in my heart, and he, he asked if I could just pray for you before I leave. And again, I thought, whatever, mate, whatever makes you happy. I mean, he did. And I'm not going to say it was instant, you know, like, you know, angels come out the sky and, you know, no, nothing like that. You know, I, I woke up the next morning, I just carried on about my own life. Uh, didn't really recognise it for about two weeks. It was about two or three weeks down the line. And I thought back, I thought, well, I haven't had a bad day for two or three weeks. You know, this is really strange. So then, ultimately, I was hooked. And that's when I, when I decided to reach out to God and, you know, let him know I'm here to just take me, take, take my problems away from me and help me be a better person. And I can honestly say, since that day forward, I've been spending more time in prayer. I've been spending more time trying to build a relationship with God. And he's opened my eyes to see that I've had everything in front of me. and. You know, I had no reason to feel so depressed and, you know, self-loathing. And, you know, that's not what it's all about, really. What it's all about is love, is loving one another and, you know, doing your best by what God wants, really. Because at the end of the day, he created us and he knows what's best for us. Um, so, yeah, basically, that's just what led me to this journey. I've, I've started doing the Alpha course, which helps 
a lot, really. It really does open your eyes to there is a lot of evidence out there if you want to look. You know, Jesus did walk the earth and Jesus did do all these things that he said. And there is so much evidence out there. There really is. There's so much proof that it all happened and it all went on. And, you know, something that rung really true in my mind was a lot of people say, yeah, Jesus was just an insane person. But it doesn't matter how insane you are, you're not going to go through that much torture and that much of a slow, painful death just to go fooled them all, didn't I? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, the more and more I, I, I spend time in prayer and try and build my relationship with God, the more positive and happy I'm, I'm becoming. And, you know, it's scary for me, very scary for me. I've never at one at any point in my life considered wanting to be a Christian, but I've been given no choice in the matter, you know. I'm hooked now. I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. Morning. Um, it's uh, funny how you can sort of read the same thing uh, quite a few times and, and then you just read it once and something really jumps out at you. Um, I've been thinking about what I was going to say today for a while uh, and I didn't really have anything until just before the meeting started. I was sitting over there and I just thought I'd just read the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 again, uh, and suddenly something just jumped out at me. Um, it's uh, now we are the body of Christ um, and it was just suddenly uh, we're perfect because he was and we are his body um, and that really blessed me and that's really all I have to say <laughs> so I'll leave you with that good morning okay I've just got um, something in Ephesians 4 and it said unity in the body so it's Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. And it says, as a prisoner in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner what of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Said, there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now, to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. This is why it is says, when he ascended on high, he led captives away, and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the very one who ascended above all the heavens in orders to fill all things. And he said, and it was he who gave some, of, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the works of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God. As we mature to full measure of the statue of Christ, then we no longer be infants, but tossed about by the waves 
and carried around by every wind of teaching and by the clever cunning of men in their deceitful scheme. Said instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into Christ himself, who is the head from him, the whole body is fitted together, said by every supporting ligament, and as each individual part does its work, the body grows and builds itself in love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hello. I just want to give a testimony to God. I want to talk about faith and um, how good God is. Um, I made loads of notes last night, but. Um, one thing that just really stuck to me this morning is faith. And I even got a definition of faith from the dictionary, and it says that faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And the synonyms trust, belief, confidence, conviction, certainty, reliance, dependence, and more. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. So I just um, want to encourage people in their walks with Christ that wherever you're going through, however challenging the problem or however big the mountain is, that if you just have faith and just lean on to God for all your strength, he will take you through it and you know he will use that situation for his glory. Amen. Thank you for testimonies. Um, yeah, just thank you, Lord. We just thank him. That, and it's true what Ma was just saying, that you know, it's very important for us as Christians to live by faith and not by sight. We can get drawn in sometimes to want to see things. We want to see things happening. And it was very much like that before I become a Christian. And quite similar to Michelle, I, um, I, w I had this emptiness inside of, my, inside of me. And I, to be honest with you, I actually accepted it like it was just the way it was. It's just my life. I've been through that and that's that. I'm not going to mope about it. I'm just going to get on with it. But obviously things weren't being dealt with and the root weren't getting pulled out. And I was just carrying on life, ended up getting into the wrong things, going down the wrong paths. My life was on a downward spiral, really. And then I bumped into an old friend, which is now my husband, Luke, anyway, he's, he was telling me about Jesus, how, how Jesus turned his life around, and he seemed different, and I thought, something different about him. But when he told me it was Jesus, something just lit up inside of my stomach. I just thought, Jesus. Because at the time, I was actually soul-searching. He didn't know, but I was secretly soul-searching. I didn't tell my friends um, what I was doing, because I just, don't know, I just didn't. But I was going to the bookshop, and I was looking at all these spiritual books, and I kept looking at all different books, and it was like the Bible was jumping out. I, just, I, weren't, picking, I weren't looking at the I weren't going to get the Bible. I kept picking up all these other spiritual crystal books and stuff like that. Anyway, when you seek the truth, you find it. And that's what the Bible says. You seek the truth. And you, I was looking for the truth. I knew there were so many lies in this world. And I was like, which, which way do I turn? There's so many religions. What one do I take? And this is why I was looking at all the different religions. I was like, well... There's so many, which one do I choose? And I thought, I choose Buddhism. I thought, well, that sounds a bit like me. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, still didn't take away that feeling that I had. Anyway, Luke said to me, thank God that he picked something up in the spirit about Ouija boards. He said, you've done that before. And I was like, how would you know that? Because I weren't the kind of person that, well, you would never tell that I ever did that. But I was, I'd done it when I was a kid. The thing is, I think in this country, we take the Ouija board as some kind of joke. 
like, we think it's a game. And my brothers and sisters were doing it, so I just got involved with them. Anyway, I didn't think nothing of it. Obviously, I was a kid when I'd done that. And Luke, God showed Luke, thank God, and he said, you know, you need to repent of that. That's the occult. You shouldn't be dealing with things like that. And I was like, surely God will understand, because I was just a kid, and I didn't know what I was doing. I, didn't, I weren't seriously looking at it. Anyway, it was like, no, you must, you should, you should repent of that. You should ask, ask God to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you. I was like, all right, it just stopped going on. It kept going on, so I thought, all right, I'll do it. Being a woman of my word, I thought, oh, that night I'll pray to God and can't go wrong enough to lose, have I, into the day? <laughs> so I was just like, Jesus, you know, if that's, you know, forgive me for what I've done. And, and all the, I just started like, asking him to, to show me if he's real and just, just forgive me, really, because I didn't know what else to say. Just a simple prayer. Anyway, I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and I felt, like, I felt like a weight had left my shoulders. Didn't think nothing of it at the time. I just thought, I, woke up, I feel lighter this morning. It was almost like I was carrying a rucksack full of bricks before, accepting it and carrying it around, lugging it around, looking all fine. Everybody thought I was happy and dandy with all my friends. But really, on the inside, I was heavy, and I was carrying this weight. Anyway, when I said that prayer, the next day, I felt lighter, and I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. I feel lighter this morning. I just knew when I got out of bed, I just felt lighter. You know when you feel like, you know you got a cold, you feel heavy. It's that feeling, but that, con that was constantly in my life, that feeling. So that went. Didn't, think nothing, didn't say nothing to nobody. Didn't even know it was Jesus. Didn't know it was God, to be honest with you. Anyway, me, Luke, me and Luke went out for my birthday, and he was sitting down in London, and he was like, I did pray, you know. And he was like, did you? And I was like, yeah. And I said, I felt lighter when I prayed. And he went, that's God. He knew straight away, obviously, and he was trying not to get too excited because he didn't want to scare me. Because <laughs> we get excited. We get excited what God does now, and it's loud. Now I get it. But, yeah. And that was like the start of my journey. And then I used to do things I should be doing. I was smoking a lot and smoking a lot of weed, growing weed. Anyway, I was like, Lord, because I always believed in life from the devil. I always believed the lie of God made weed, really. It's, a, it's not a man-made drug. It's, it's a, something that grows. It's a plant. God put it there. Yeah, I know. But anyway, <laughs> I had to say, and then after that, it was like a journey, and I prayed again after, because I didn't feel right about smoking anymore, and I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe God didn't put it there for that. <laughs> and uh, I, I pressed like, God, if you didn't want me to smoke, if you didn't put weed there to be smoked, then help me to stop smoking it. Three days later, I did not fancy a spliff. On the third day, someone come around and said, do you want that spliff? And I said, I thought, all right, I'll take, I, I thought, yeah, just leave it in the ashtray. <laughs> And I thought, I'm going to see if God's going to help me to not take that spirit. Anyway, you should never test God. The Bible says about that. You should never tempt God. You never test him. Anyway, something came on the TV that day, and it was really sad and reminded me of certain things I'd seen in my childhood. And I thought, oh, God will understand if I smoke that spliff now. It made me feel better. Anyway, as I smoked it, it just didn't even taste. It tasted stale. It tasted disgusting. I felt the eyes of the father looking down at me. Bearing in mind, I had my own, my own flat, so I could have smoked anywhere in, in the flat. But I was at the window, like a little girl, like, and I felt the eyes of the Lord looking, oh, you asked my help with that? And, you go. and I, it did, and I was like, why am I smoking? And then I just threw it, and it tasted stout. And from then, thank God, I never looked back, never turned back to, to that again. And never even, it's like I never even smoked. Years later, it's like I never even blazed. But, you know, I just give him all the glory because he is so amazing. And it's an ongoing thing. I could go on forever. I'm not going to, because there's other testimonies to hear. But... We just want to glorify him and just, I just want to thank him for that. And um, yeah, it doesn't stop there. You know, it just gets that, that fire that he lights inside of you, takes away that emptiness that I was carrying. It just fills that gap. And to be honest with you, 
We've all got different testimonies of how God met with us. But we all have that similar thing of that emptiness that everybody had. And I can talk to anybody who don't know Jesus, and I know they've got that. Some don't want to admit it, but the ones that do, they know, and they think, oh, you know, but, yeah. So we just thank him for that. We just thank him. We give him all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. Oh, we just pray that you... You take over this place, Lord. Touch hearts today, Lord. Touch hearts like you've touched the hearts of the people who've shared. And my heart, Lord, we just pray that you show them like you showed us. Show them that you're real, Lord. And you love them and you care. It's the love, that love. There's nothing like that love. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I love about these meetings. Um, you've probably been to church before. You know, we haven't got all the religious trimmings that you may be used to and the customs. But what we have is reality. We've got something real. I'm not talking about a script here. I'm not talking about a ritual where you know what to expect in church, but I've got the reality of him living inside my life. This is why we can talk the way we talk, because we've had something real happen to us. And we've all had something real. You know, I've become a Christian I, wasn't, I never come to church and become a Christian. I got saved and born again in my mate's bedroom. I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit that transformed my life like these guys in here did. And he became reality. The truth is, religion couldn't cut it for me. It couldn't cut it to me. I needed something real. I needed something real. You know, and when I got it, I got it real. I got it real. And it changed everything. So we haven't got all the order, we haven't got everything perfect, but we know the perfect one, like Joe said. He makes me perfect. It's knowing Christ, and you can know Christ. And that's the beauty of what we have, that we've got something real living inside of us. He's real, you know, he's so real. Jesus is so Good real. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I shouldn't really be up here, because our lovely young people are taking the meeting today. And I'm not one of the young people anymore. Everyone say, ah, I'm not one of the young people anymore. It seems like five minutes ago that I was one of the young people, but not anymore. But I just felt led in my spirit to say, to say this, that, you know, families, you know, families, you know, there's mums and dads and little ones and big ones and old ones and the difficult ones. And, but at the end of the day, we love each other. Well, this is a family like that in this church. We all love each other. And, you know, time goes by so quickly. Do you remember when you were little, very little? You believed everything your mum and dad said. If you, t if, you, if you look like that with the wind changers, you'll stop like it. <laughs> you know, if you do that, this will happen. If you don't eat your crust, your hair will fall out, all that sort of nonsense, you know. And I forgot what I was going to say. But the thing is, families matter. And when we were so young, before all the stuff happened to us, we believed, we believed what our teachers told us. We believed what our parents told us. And if you'd gone to church then, or if you'd had scripture at, at school, if you were at, um, like a CV uh, Church of England school, you believed it because the teachers told you, and it must have been true. And then stuff happens, doesn't it? And you get hard in your heart because you get disappointed and sad and, and 
life happens, stuff happens, and it, it's hurtful and it's difficult and there's financial worries and worries about jobs and things like that. And, you know, when I was 15, I was looking for something. And I'd gone to church and been very disappointed that nothing really... I didn't feel anything. And it's nice to feel things that feel nice, you know. But I just wanted... I just believed. I just knew there was something more than than this, more than, than I could even explain when I was a child. And, and that's when I became a Christian many years ago. But I'll just leave this with you. You know, remember the time when you felt it easy to believe. Remember how much, if you're a mom or a dad, remember how you felt when you became a parent and you thought, I didn't know I could love like this. Well, you are all children in God's eyes. And that's how much he loves you, but so much more. You know, so much more than you can possibly imagine. And that's why he sent Jesus to die for us and rise again. And he loves you with a love everlasting. It doesn't matter how we mess up. He loves us with an everlasting love. And I just wanted you to know that this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it's always a blessing to, um, to share my testimony because if anyone knows me, they'll know that I can't shut up about Jesus. <laughs> so every single day of my life, you see, he's become the story of my life. And it's real. And that's why I can't stop talking about him. You see, he's greater than any treasure. It doesn't matter what possessions you want to offer me. It doesn't matter how much money you want to offer me. I'll never trade it in. His love goes deep, so deep, that you'd never trade it for anything else. And I haven't been brainwashed. My brain's been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I suppose my testimony really starts way back, really, when things started to happen, I suppose, was when I was like 16, when I saw, when Luke come to the Lord in such a crazy way (laughs) his life really was turned you know the the transformation that happened in his life was he I knew at that point I just knew that he couldn't have done it himself and and that's what really freaked me out because I thought well there's something there's something more because no one would have changed he couldn't change himself how he was um and the change that I saw in him was just a complete such a real change he just had like love and peace and it was amazing, but um, at that time I was heavily like smoking um, cannabis, you know, I was smoking a lot and I was kind of just like burying my head in the sand. Um, but I knew that something happened to, to him and then a few years later my mum ended up getting saved, um, which is a powerful testimony and I pray that God will give her the courage to actually come up and testify about a testimony one day because it's an amazing testimony. Um, so, you know, like I say, I was smoking for, for a long time and um, I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't have any belief in myself at all, really. I just completely lacked motivation, confidence, you know. Um, and then I started getting into, I was in my mid-twenties and, you know, got introduced to stronger drugs, you know, like um, cocaine, ecstasy, um, stuff like that. Um, and I was, you know, drinking all the time and... Um, that's basically what I worked a week to spend my money on that at the weekend, really. That's all I thought that life was all about. 
you know, um, so I was doing that for a long time, every single week, you know, um, just destroying myself, really, living in rebellion. And then <clears throat> I discovered Thailand. <laughs> I went to Thailand, there were seven of us that went out there, and um, it wasn't good, really. At the time, I thought it was good, but, you know, um, spending all your money on, on, on prostitutes, you know, it's not, it's not a good thing. Um, and, you know, I was hooked on that. I kept on going back out there. Um, I went out there seven times in, like, the space of two years. Um, I was, like, addicted to the place. And there was a certain girl that I was seeing out there, and I kept on going back to see her, and, you know, and I was just at this certain bar all the time, just at this bar, you know, playing poor and just drinking all the time and just getting up to no good. Um, but the last time I went out there, um, I wasn't with that girl anymore, but I met up with a friend and yeah, we just, I went traveling for three months and the whole three months was just complete rebellious, you know, the stuff that I was getting up to, not good at all. Um, but when I come back from there, and that was about four years ago or three and a half years ago now, um, I just, I felt empty, man. Like, I, I thought, uh, you know, I thought that was the high life. Um, <clears throat> and I come back and I was just, I was empty. I just needed more, you know. I was not, I wasn't satisfied in life to think that I've just got to work my whole life just to get a mortgage and then, and then, and then die, really. Do you know what I mean? I thought, no, I'm not, that's not enough for me. I, I'm not satisfied with that, if that's just it. So. I was on a path for seeking more. And, and the whole time, Luke and Donna and would be like just telling me about Jesus, but I used to just argue with them a lot of the time. <laughs> but, you know, this is what happens when someone meets Jesus. See, the, the scripture says that you will receive um, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll become a witness. And, you know, that's what they were doing. They were becoming a witness because he's so good that you can't just hold it into yourself. You have to tell people about how good he is. Um, but yeah, but you know, I just used to debate and stuff like that. But like I say, I come back from Thailand the last time and um, I was really empty. And I started to get like a, kind of like what Roy was saying, he was affected by the evil that's in the world. Like I had this real awareness of evil and it made me so uncomfortable. You know, I was just like, I, and, I, and, I, and I just felt, I started to feel in myself that I wasn't right, like I needed to get right with God. Um, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready, I didn't want to become a Christian, basically. I wasn't ready to really give up the sinful things of life, but, but I was seeking for something more. And uh, it's amazing how God puts people in your path. I was working um, at a furniture place and there was someone there who was just, who was just like an on-fire Christian just and you know at that point I was just asking him questions and he was just telling me things and I was you know it's amazing how God puts people in your path at that time like God just knows what's going on and he just orchestrates things um, so amazing um, and I remember um, being off work for a week um, and it was kind of like flu, but I don't know, it was like really bad though. I just like, I couldn't really get out of bed to be honest. And I remember all, like I was felt really sick and I remember the, like so much pressure, bit, like everything bunged up and so much pressure in my head. Um, but I remember I watched a documentary um, about the end times, about the tribulation and the return of Christ. 
and you know it really kind of captivated me and then there was a there was a prayer that come up afterwards on the screen and I remember it was the prayer of salvation you know asking you know repenting and you know asking Christ to come into your life and I was sitting there and I was thinking am I am I am I ready for this yet or not you know I didn't I was kind of a bit freaked out by the whole thing and anyway I started to read the screen I started to read the prayer and as I started to read the prayer my sickness started to leave me as I was reading out the prayer my head everything started to the pressure started to go my bunged up nose started to go as I was reading out the prayer I'm telling you this is real this is so real you know and it freaked me out I was scared I tell you I was really scared because it was the first time that I've really encountered something that was really supernatural you know and I was just like what's going on and I didn't you know I really didn't commit to myself to the whole prayer and to Christ at that point but I remember Christmas came literally very soon after and Luke, Luke, was, Luke knew where I was at, you know, and Luke bought me this Bible for Christmas and I remember opening up, I remember opening it up and holding this Bible and there was something come over me, it was just like, it was like God saying, I, I needed this Bible, I, I, like I needed it, like, like you would need you know, your hands and your feet, yeah? I needed this, like something was telling me that I really needed it. Um, so powerful. And then it just, there was just a series of things that happened and about two months later, I just gave up. I completely surrendered my life to Christ. And like my heart completely changed, you know, in the word of God, it says that he will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And like everything started to change and the way I like saw things and like how I saw people in such a new light and a, and a love for people, which was amazing. And like I started to, I didn't want, like it wasn't like I was really trying hard to stop doing the sinful things, the bad things in life. It was like I had a new heart. I didn't want to do them things anymore. That's what God does. He comes and he gives you a new heart. It's amazing what he does. It's so personal. So, listen, right, he set me free from so many things, from, from drugs, from drinking, from smoking, pornography. And the thing is, I'm not ashamed to talk about these things. I'm not ashamed because it, it gives glory to God. I don't care. You see, I've been forgiven for all them things. He's taken it away. So he don't remember me for all them things anymore. So why should I remember him anymore? Do you know what I mean? He's completely set me free. And then a couple of months goes by, I watched another film, I watched another documentary called Furious Love. I don't know, some people might have watched that in here. Um, but a part of the film is these uh, missionaries, they go out to, they go out to Thailand and um, they're, they're in the kind of the, the prostitution area. And this was God, this was so God, because it, in Thailand, there's like thousands and thousands of bars, like girly bars, prostitute bars. They're, they're everywhere. And um, they happened to go to the exact same bar as where, as where I was going to all them years back. They went to the same 
place, the same bar. And I was just like, no way. And they went to these bar and they were praying for these, you know, lady boys and all these girls. And they were just praying for them and witnessing, giving them the gospel, telling them about Jesus. And it was mad. I was just like, no way. Like, how can this happen? How can, out of all the bars in Thailand, they go to the same bar? What's the chances of that? What's the chances of that happening? And, you know, I felt God spoke to me. And he said, you used to, you used to get involved with all this. You see, now I want you to, to pray for these people. Now I want you to bless these people. Now I want you to love these people. See, I've taken you out of that and I've brought you into the kingdom of my love. Completely changed me. And, you know, there's so many things that have happened. I'd be here all day, really, if I told you all the testimonies and all the things what's happened. Um, but I give God all the glory. I give him the praise. He deserves it. He's so good. You see... Yeah, we have to think, like, why, why would Jesus come? Why did he come? And you think about heaven, yeah? Heaven is pure, it's loving, it's peaceful. There's, no, there's nothing bad in heaven. It's perfect. But you see, but in this world, it's full of suffering, it's full of wickedness, it's full of envy, bitterness, guilt, shame, all these things. So why would someone want to leave heaven to come? To this place why would someone want to do that and I'm telling you the answer is for every single person sitting in this room today the answer is because he loves you that's why he came because he didn't want to lose you you see he didn't want to be distant from his creation he didn't want to lose his creation so what he did was he had to to sacrifice himself on our behalf so that we can come back to him and be set free and enjoy a loving relationship and be stored and be renewed. And this is why when, when, when someone gets born again, like what's happened to Roy and Michelle today, it's, you know, it's not something that they've just conjured up in their head. They haven't just decided to just be good now. It's, there's been a supernatural transformation what's happened to these people where God's just taken them and he's just cleaned house and he's made you fit to walk in this, in this world of darkness and to shine the light. That's what happens. And you start to love people and all that hate starts to go and it starts to get lifted. I just want to tell you today that if you don't know Jesus, you can know him. And, you know, it's a free gift and it's offered to you right now. And it's not about your works. It's not about anything you can do in your own efforts. Do you know what I mean? It's, not, it's never been about that. It's what Jesus done. He already done it for you. All you have to do is just accept it into your life and you see God's not a forceful God he's not going to boot the door down and force his way into your life but he's gave you free will and he's gave you the right to choose him and you know he, he stands at the door of your heart and he's knocking patiently and gently want, wanting to know you wanting to have a personal relationship with you and all you have to do is open the door to your heart and let him in that's all you have to do it's not hard. You just have to open your heart and say, yes, Jesus, I want to know you. You see? The Bible says that we've all gone like sheep, all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. But you see, Jesus is the good shepherd. And he wants to bring, you know, if you look at sheep, they have a much better life if they have boundaries and they have a good shepherd. They don't have a good, good life when they want to do their own thing. You see? So you need a good shepherd. 
It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you're wise to realize the point that you actually need a God. So that's available for you today. It's a free gift. And please, I just pray that you will take it seriously because you need to know him. Bless you all. Praise God. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So good. So good. Seriously good. I just want to read a scripture from Luke 15. I think it's very timely. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him and to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that which is lost until he finds it? And, which, and when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep, where which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than ninety-nine just persons who, know, who need no need of repentance. So this is a parable that Jesus spoke um, and I think it's an incredibly powerful um, parable, story here, because it shows, firstly, I believe, the, the heart and the passion of God towards people that stray. It shows that the Lord pursues those who have wandered and that have strayed from him. And you, say, you might say to yourself, well, I've done X, Y, Z, have I gone astray? I've tried to be a good person, but the truth is, we're all in the same boat in that regard. We have all strayed from the Lord. But the shepherd goes after the sheep. He comes after them. And the beautiful picture is that the, the Lord picks up the sheep and he puts the sheep on his shoulders and carries the sheep, carries the sheep home. You see, sometimes people feel that they're not good enough to be a Christian. Or they don't feel like they're, they're worthy or they haven't got the right qualifications or within their own selves they can't make it. But the truth is, he come for those who cannot make it. He come, to, he come for those who aren't worthy. He didn't come for the self-righteous and for those who have it all together. Many people would say, well, why, why do I need God? I'm, I've got it all together. Well, if you've got it all together, I'd love to meet you. Because I've never really met anyone who's had it really all together. Jesus come for those who know that they need the Savior. And the most beautiful picture here is that he comes after them. Many people say what I say, they will say that, you know, I came to God. And there's an element of truth in that. But the ultimate reality is that he came for you. 
He came for you. He came for you. The Bible talks about him as he, he, he leaving the beauties of heaven and becoming a man. And I think that's a wonderful picture of God coming after his creation that has gone astray, like Dan was saying. You know, the wonderful truth I want you to leave this place with, that, that Jesus is pursuing you. You may resist him now, but I can guarantee that call will come again and again and again in your life. He's coming for those that have strayed. Jesus is wonderful, I'm telling you. He's wonderful. I want to just, if we could just, just close our eyes in this place where we just finish off this meeting. I think I've said enough anyway. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray. Because I think it would be good if we could pray in this atmosphere. And if there's a person here that knows that the Lord is knocking on the door of their heart, I want to give a person an opportunity in here to turn their life over to Jesus Christ. So just in respect, if we could just all just bow our heads just for a moment and just pray. And for that person who's, who knows, you know what, that's me. I want to receive Christ today. Then you pray along with me. I want, to say, I want you to say, speak to God in the quietness of your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I have needs. I have the greatest need for forgiveness. My greatest need is to know you. I turn my life over to you now and I pray you'd forgive me for going my own way. I'm desperate for you. I want to know you, Jesus. I invite you into my life. Please take hold of me. I need you. I want you, Lord. Come and make your home in me. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen.